You're listening to The Business Marketing Show. On this episode, we have our special guest, Michael Devlin from ProfitsEngine.com. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Hi, this is Ed from businessmarketingshow.com. Our guest today on the podcast is Michael Devlin from profitsengine.com. Michael will be one of the uh, guest speakers at the Netpreneur Summit in Japan on the 5th and 6th of uh, September. And uh, we're going to find out more about who Michael is and uh, what Profits Engine is and how he got into the online marketing game. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for joining us. How are you, mate? I'm great, thanks Ed, and thanks for thanks for inviting me on. It's great, it's great to be here. Um, I'm looking forward to Tokyo. Should be good. Yes, it should be, mate. It should be. Now you're all the way uh, the opposite ends of the earth uh, to me. <laughs> you're in Glasgow in Scotland, and uh, I am, I'm in I'm, I'm in Perth, Australia, not Perth, Scotland. <laughs> um, but but as it turns out, I was born in Hamilton. Uh, not very far away from where you're actually living, so we're both Scottish people uh, at from birth. Um, you're just you've just got an accent, and I don't. <laughs> well, I've got an accent, <laughs> but it's not a Scottish accent. So. Oh, absolutely, um, mine's might need subtitles more than yours does. So, oh, um, well, but, look, but not not to worry. <laughs> I'm used to speaking with lots of Scottish people. Some of the listeners may may struggle a little bit because. Your your accent's not too bad. Um, a friend of mine that I mentioned to you in uh, the Skype chat that we had, uh, Tommy Butler, he owns Glasgow.com. Yeah, and he's, he's got a really strong accent. Tommy, if you're listening, um, yeah, sorry, mate, if I just insulted you. But no, you, it, t- Tommy's a great guy. Check out Glasgow.com, a plug, free plug for him. So Absolutely. Michael, you're uh, well known in the internet marketing uh, business, and you've done lots of different things. So our goal today is to find out um, from from your mouth <laughs> what it is you've been doing and how you got involved in the internet marketing space. Because everyone comes into it from different ways, and they've had different experiences. People didn't just sort of te- te- technically leave school and just go straight into internet marketing. They usually were doing other things that led them into this space. So. So rewinding from where you are today, going back, you know, from, from when you left high school and the sort of first few jobs you had, what was it you were doing back then? Um, yeah, I mean, when, when, when I left school, the internet thing wasn't really around and that's going to make me sound extremely old, Ed, um, make me feel old anyway. The, uh, <laughs> you're not so, old. So, I'm 10 years old uh, now, so you're right. <laughs> so I, I, was, I was originally involved in fitness equipment and I used to supply fitness, inc- fitness equipment to um, health studios across the country. Um, I've always kind of looked after myself, enjoyed working out. And as a natural progression from there, um, in my early 20s, um, I then started to get into sports nutrition in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a couple of little stores um, and then started my first online business in 2006, which was a sports nutrition uh, re- retail store um, combined with online distribution. Mm-hmm. And that got quite serious really quickly inside two years and um, I knew nothing about online marketing at that point. Everything was self-taught, and thankfully, the sports nutrition side that that we had 
going was um, the retail stores were funding the, pe the, the pay-per-click. So the, the pay-per-click in the first year, when I sat down and, and ran the maths, uh, I think I, I, I lost 109,000. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so um, I, I was blindsided with the fact that I was um, taking taking the profit out of um, you know 15 stores that were up and down the country. Um, but thankfully, I, I then there's there's no bigger lesson you need than uh, uh, sitting down and learning how to get to grips with the analytics to save your own money. And that's exactly what I did, and it was all with Google AdWords at that point. Uh, yep. Started to started to get to grips with that. Started to get to grips with the, the compression, the keywords, the conversion, how it, how websites really worked instead of being aesthetic. It was all about um, getting the customer to do something on the page, which was hopefully buy a product, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously, from then, just grew the business from zero to two point eight million inside three years. At that point. Um, the business was then acquired. Um, I then launched my own sports nutrition range, which was back in 2009. And that was acquired one year from launch in 2010. I then designed and patented a sports bottle. So I was still in the same niche. Couldn't seem to um, cut the apron strings and get away from sports nutrition. Still wanted to stay in there. It was my comfort blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, I designed and patented into a sports bottle that ended up with distribution across 26 countries. Um, we sold over 400,000 units, um, built that business to seven figures inside two years, and it was acquired in May this year. And here wow. I am, ready to launch Profits Engine, which is essentially teaching established and new start businesses how to grow their business online. Fantastic. I'm looking at pictures of a few bottles at the moment. I'm pretty sure I've had one of those myself. Um, and <laughs> probably many people who are listening, if they go and check it out, they'll they'll see. What was the actual name of the, the bottle? Did it have a particular... Yeah, the, the bottle was called Core 150 and it was right. designed to allow travelling athletes to be able to take accurate measurements of the sports nutrition on the move. And, and in fact, Australia and New Zealand were the first to license contracts that i signed believe it okay. or not mm -hmm. so uh it's, it's a very very big market out there so that that was what the bottle was designed and we had patents around the storage and uh we, yeah it was, it was it was a great journey it was it was really fun it's a good industry to be in not a very collaborative industry i have to say mm. uh, because pretty much most of the companies are selling the same thing only with a different marketing spin but with with being a, uh, an accessory you can sit outside the consumables and, and be a little bit more creative and, and do your own thing. Yeah, for sure. I, when you started these businesses, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you had, you know, beginning with the end in mind, you had some stage where you wanted to sell them. Um, did Was that a, happening sooner than you were wanting it to or not necessarily wanting it to, but were, you, were, were things progressing in the, the sort of form that you wanted to? It, it's weird. I didn't really have any game plan, Ed, if I'll be honest. Okay. I, I went into the original e-commerce store, or the first one that I launched was, um, I went in it just uh, because I wanted to do something online and uh, wanted to test it and everything was moving online. So in 2006, when I did it, you know, you go in with the big master plan, hopefully one day someone will buy you, but you go in to do what you love and to do what you enjoy. And that's exactly what I did. And the funny thing is, is every one of my businesses that's been acquired has been has been bought from the manufacturing partner or the wholesale partner. Ah. And it was my wholesale partner that was based in Boston that actually bought the business, the online 
um, nutritional store. And again, the sports bottle that was recently just acquired uh, was also bought with my global manufacturing partner and my okay, sports nutrition yep. line that was acquired in 2010 was 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 bought by my my blender who was the guy who was um, or the company who was blending um, the actual raw ingredients who make for a lot of big 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 cereal brands um, like the likes of Kellogg's and whatnot so yeah really really huge company so it's, it's a strange pattern that seems to have evolved is that the manufacturers and the people that I work with in the early doors are sometimes the ones or have been the ones that have, um, that have been interested in buying the business. Yeah, well, I think they understand what your business is and they've had experience in terms of if you've been moving a lot of their product or their, their services, then it makes perfect sense for them to you know, take over the business in, in a lot of cases. So well done. So Absolutely. No, now it's good. Now, you've spoken at the Netpreneur Summit last year. Is that correct? Am I accurate in saying that? Um, no, this is my first year. Oh, this um, is your first one? Uh, okay. Yeah, this is my first one. So, For some uh, reason, Net- I was Netpre- thinking you'd, you'd spoken at it before. But you've uh, <laughs> you've, you've known uh, James for a while? Yeah, I've known James for, for, for a while. Um, I've known a lot of the other speakers that are going to be attending them. I think most digital marketers all swim in the same pond, and we all learn from each other and admire what we do. Some people have got strengths in different areas, um, like yourself with um, the whole Facebook conversion and all, all this stuff. Um, I I have a tendency to... I seem to be the only person that seems to enjoy Twitter, believe it or not. So that's exactly the topic I'm going to be discussing at the Netpreneur. <laughs> ah, excellent. Yeah, that's. I mean, Twitter's something that I've never gone close to. I my, cut my teeth you know, 12 years ago on Google AdWords and, and, and doing remarketing and all that sort of stuff now. But Twitter is never, ever something I've tapped into. I can honestly say that. Um, I, I don't know anything about it, how to capitalize on it. So I'll be really keen to listen to your presentation and, and find out what's the best thing to do there. Because there is a quite a wide spread of people talking about different things. So um, I think for people who are coming along, it'd be quite fascinating to pick up on the different areas of expertise that we all have. So that's that's cool. So you are now moving into another chapter, another adventure, and that's propertsengine.com. <laughs> another so, one. My, my wife's delighted to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we haven't spoken about family, so we'll go back to that in a minute. But tell us more about <laughs> Profits Engine. What's, uh, what is it and how did it come about in your mind? Obviously, it started with a thought, as every, all of this stuff does. It's a thought in your mind that then leads to something that you manifest. So... Uh, what is Profits Engine? Sure. So Profits Engine came about, I, I went into a startup accelerator program, which is the world's largest free business accelerator for businesses and new starts in the world called Entrepreneurial Spark. And okay. I went in there in 2012 with my new my new project, which was Core 150. And during that time, I was growing my business. And obviously, I had a an, an expansive knowledge and understanding of online marketing so I was moving really really quickly I was doing a lot of numbers and I was moving fast and I was winning awards and we won startup 100 award um two years back to back and we won social impact award and all of that stuff within the startup accelerator program and one of the things that I started to identify was that the amount of businesses that were in there that had so many great ideas Ed but they couldn't execute them online they couldn't get them they were unlocking all of this funding and doing all of this great stuff 
but they weren't um, doing focusing on the, the most important thing that gives you oxygen to survive in your business, which is sales. And I thought, how can I help these guys? And I was hearing some real horror stories that some of the agency fees were just astronomical. Um, some of the fees that they were the the startups and the businesses were paying, they weren't getting any real ROI. They weren't getting showing any real results. Or here's mm. what you can get for your money. And I thought, mm, how can I how can I make this better? And that's where Profits Engine essentially started to evolve. Roughly about five or six months out before I decided that. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna I got approached for for the for Core One Fifteen and decided to exit, and I and I just went straight in to build Profits Engine because there's a massive boom in the startup community. There um, is, yeah. So I wanted to get I wanted to get somewhere in there um, that 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 could help them not only educate them but cocoon them. And one of the things that I learned when I was sourcing from China was how vulnerable you are if you don't have a third party intermediate in the middle. That that's maybe in the UK or or based in Australia, or if it's a sourcing agent in the US, it's always good to have a local sourcing agent. And I thought, well, if I can put Profits Engine together and get a whole load of strategic partners from global sourcing straight through to logistics companies, where the startups can go and tap into all of that, and at the same time learn from the education tools that are going to be in there from Twitter Genius, um, Facebook Genius, um, Amazon Genius, which is the courses that will be in there, hopefully courses from your good self, courses from James and all other professional marketers from around the world who we will tap into mm-hmm. as a network yeah. and dump them into the platform so that it gives them massive exposure but at the same time adds a huge amount of value for a small monthly fee. And the the, the biggest part for Profits Engine for me is the ability to be able to create your website and your sales funnels through a wizard process where you'll just punch in a series of um, information about your, your your company and it will blow out your web page um, with automatic uh, e-commerce plugin, all, all done through a wizard. You'll be able to cut and paste your conversion code and it will create it all for you without the need for a developer. So it really is to enable both existing businesses as well as startups and that's where the idea came from. Sounds great, and that's been something you've been working on for a while now, hasn't it? And uh, working yep. out there's always bugs and different things to take care of when you're launching any of these sorts of products. And so, uh, has it been harder or easier than you're expecting to get this off the ground? Well, thankfully, I've got one of the best developers in the country, and so far as I'm concerned, um, Alan Whiteford's my business partner, and he's also my lead developer, and he's responsible for a lot of really big platforms that have been built out here in the UK um, that, are, that have got global legs as well. But the um, so, so I've just left him to that. That's not my forte. I'll just be focusing on populating the platform and, and providing the education tools as well as networking with some of great marketers to, pr- to produce other content and courses that we'll provide into the community. So mm. it's not been, at this point, touch wood, it's not been that hard, but we... It's one of those ones, Ed, and I'm sure you'll 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 identify with this. Is every time we we think we're finished, we think, oh, that'd be a really good idea just to add that in, or let's just add that in again. And before you know it, you're delaying a month, a month, a month, a month, and yeah, you're seven, eight, well. nine months. <laughs> so it's never we've decided when does it finish? <laughs> never. Yeah, we've decided let's just get out here. Nobody knows what it's going to look like, so we we've got all this grand plan. So. 
let's just get it out there and we'll add all the all the bits and all the good bits as we progress forward and that I think that's what we're, we've just decided that we're going to do yeah launch and get started I mean I don't know whether you've seen uh, the Giru product by I've forgotten his name I'm I'm going to I'm going to type it in. I'm going to type in Guru, and then it'll come back to me, and then I'll edit this bit out of the podcast. John Reese, <laughs> you know John Reese? Yeah. Yes. So he's just launched this uh, Guru product. G E R U dot com. Have you Have you seen it yourself? Nope. I'm just in the process of looking at it right now. Yeah, you may not actually see much because it's still under beta launch, but it, it's superb. It's such a great product. It actually enables you to lay out different marketing plans and funnels uh, in a WYSIWYG type scenario. Um, so you can actually look at all your different business models that you're running, but see them in a, in a graphical format. And I'm, I'm really simplifying what it does here. But the yeah. point I'm, I'm mentioning about this is that he's he's launched it in a, in a beta, uh, and had a very good offer for people who are getting started in in the beta program, and using their feedback to improve and add functionality to the to the platform, uh, and also to find any bugs. But the incentive for people was they were getting in on the ground floor at a very very cheap price compared to the the future ongoing costs. Uh, but it enabled him to scale up and learn things very quickly and get things fixed with the help of, you know, thousands of other users. So, is that in any way, shape, or form something you'll be doing because you've, you're putting it out in beta? Yeah, we're going to. Uh, we're using the term pre-beta, which again is a <laughs> everything seems to have web page funnel squeeze for all these buzzwords that are getting changed. So we're we're going to use a pre-beta launch and get people in. Um, and we are going to to use the feedback that we get from the audience of what we're going to do because the plan for us really is to allow you to select pre or pre-select your traffic source. So if you're using Google AdWords, Facebook ads, Twitter ads, it, it will it, the the pages will convert differently um, from the inbound uh, the inbound traffic source from from desktop laptop and really to take the some of the funnel uh, software platforms that are out there just now. Ed, they pride themselves on, um, you know, the ability to be customized. Mm. But most marketers are not, I don't have any clue on HTML coding or anything like that. And I just fracture when I see that I can I can customize something to death and I end up just reverting back to a really good looking template. So we decided to take that customization away and put all the initial stuff at, at the beginning, um, like your company name, your 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 USPs, um, a little description, and then just build the actual page out for whatever the objective is. So if it's a email capture or if it's a selling of a product or whatever, if, it, if it's a webinar launch, whatever that is, we will take it into a wizard format and then blow the actual result out at the back end. So rather than dumping you in in a ton of templates and then saying to you, pick one and then customize, which for me... I, I that doesn't work for me. I, I would prefer to have a wizard and then be able to customize the page slightly once I've seen it being blown out by the wizard itself. So we've got a little bit of a twist on there and just trying to be different and a little bit original as well. Fantastic. Well, I greatly look forward to seeing it and uh, seeing its progression. Um, but it's yeah, it's a great. It sounds like a great idea. So um, we're looking forward to it. I can't wait to get get it launched. 
So that seems to take up most of your time, I'm assuming, you, other than you know spending time with your family. So you're married. You see, you mentioned your wife earlier. And um, yep. do you have children? I've been with my beautiful wife, Claire, since I was 16. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> and she's still following me about. <laughs> she, That's great. She's in the other room looking at me through the glass, <laughs> through the glass floors. Um, and I've got two boys, uh, two healthy boys, um, I've got Reese, who's 18 in October, and I've got Ben, who's 11. And Reese is a big rugby man, so he's just signed a pro youth contract, which I'm very proud about, and passed his exams. So I'm very, very pleased for him. Uh, and Ben started back to school today, so he's not around, which is why the house is so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. I've got a daughter who's 17, so I'm sort of, you know, I know the teenage thing. So that's... Uh... That's great. And you've got another female in your life too, and it's black <laughs> and it has four wheels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, my Aston Vantage, that's my... I, I, I have been told by my wife, Claire, that I give that more attention than her, but um, she's just going to have to live with it, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and so she should too. It's an Aston Martin. So you know, <laughs> every proud British person should be driving in an Aston Martin sports car. <laughs> have you had that for a while? Yeah, I've had it for about six months. Ed, okay. I've I had the. I'm, I'm a big car fan. Do do enjoy it. Love Top Gear. Love going to all the shows. And I think it's I think it's a male a male weakness all round is the cars. No matter what what model, if it's just something that we can't escape, isn't it? Yeah, for most of us. Yeah, I'm very much the same. And I'm yeah, well. Unfortunately, Top Gear doesn't exist anymore. But I was addicted to watching <laughs> it for all the years and wouldn't miss a show and absolutely loved it. And. Uh, I think I subscribe to, without exaggeration, about 25 different car YouTube channels um, and watch all the reviews on most of the cars, any sort of you know decent cars. So, uh, love Chris Well, um, Top Gear is supposed to be coming back. Um, I think it's Chris Evans that was tipped to be doing it, is it? But oh, I'm not okay. sure he has the same appeal. As, yeah, um, it just as... doesn't... It's like the formula was the formula and that's, you know, that was what it was. I, I enjoyed it's watching it. weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so I mean, look, we've we've had Top Gear try to get off the ground here in Australia, and they always fizzled, and then they brought some other guys back and tried to do it again, and it fizzled. And I think the same's happened in the states, and it's just not the same. You, that's Top Gear, you know. It's like tr- yeah, it's, it's like an Elvis impersonator, <laughs> you know. Elvis was Elvis. You can't there can't be another Elvis. So, <laughs> well, anyway. although there is millions of them. Kicking about. Well, there is. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a good side business, but I think as as the main <laughs> the main gig, uh, Top Gear was always Clarkson, May, and what's his face, <laughs> the little one. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the hamster. Hamster. Yeah, that's it. We, we digress. <laughs> as soon as we start talking about cars, this is a bound bound to happen. But um, absolutely, it, it's an interesting thing. Look, you know, Aston Martin's are a luxury car. Then they're, they're not a cheap car. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's lots of people that would love to own an Aston Martin. Was that always an aspiration <laughs> for you to have? No, I've had, um, I've had a lot of cars. Um, I've had Bentleys and a Bentley GT, Continental was a car before that. But I just wanted something that was a little bit, um, just something that, that, that suited what I wanted. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, Aston Martin, I've always wanted one. Uh, I've had posters, even when I met Claire. Um, when you ever meet her, she'll tell you I, it was my room is just full of car posters, and even my mm-hmm. calendar in my office is cars, and I've got car 
models on on my desk. It's just ridiculous. It's it's um it's it's a bit rain man sometimes when it comes to cars for me. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean there was no better decision. It was either that or an Audi R8, and I just felt that Audi R8 was a bit Rod Stewart. And I thought, no, I'll, I'll, I'll let, and apologies to any R8 drivers that are listening to the podcast, but it was just for, for Scotland. Um, I think the Aston Martin was a little bit um, classy yet sedated, you know? Yeah, look, good enough for Bond, good enough for me, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I always think exactly. of the scene out of uh, the Italian job, the, the remake, the sort of 2000 uh, with Mark... Uh, what's his name? The actor. Oh, I'm Mark f- Wahlberg. I'm Mark Wahlberg. Thank you. I'm, I'm, it's been a long day. <laughs> uh, but but one of the guys in there uh, wanted an Aston Martin Vantage, and the guy that did the the shifty on them and sort of stole all their gold and whatever um, ended up buying all the things that they wanted to get that were on their wish list. And <laughs> the Aston Martin was one, and it was the Vantage. So I always remember it for that thing. But they're a nice looking car. So um, hey, we can always do another one based on that and um, 007 figures, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it works works well. <laughs> so, um, although I wouldn't get away with that for too long, that's the wife slapped me slapped me into place pretty quickly. <laughs> you can't have that, as the saying goes: "Happy wife, happy life." So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, in terms of Netpreneur Summit, uh, one of the the reasons that you're you're coming along, I'm assuming, is for networking because people come for different reasons. For learning, obviously, that's one, to listen to the presenters. Uh, and do you go to a lot of these types of things around the world and I'm making assumptions that you do, but do you? Yeah. You know, Ed, it's, it's one of the things I talked at length with a lot of the, the marketers, and I spoke with James just last night as well about it. And if you, you the, the reason why you go to these summits, I went to Conversion Summit in California in uh, February, or February, March this year. And I go to I go there every year, and the stuff that you learn is great. But you can learn the same stuff sitting in your dining room or in your office from the internet, Google hmm. researching. When you've got a tight network of really high level marketers, you can sit there and, and learn. But that's not what it's all about. It's about going there, getting a beer, learning, learning what Ed does, learning what James does, learning what Michael does. How did they build their business? Have they ever failed? Um, what hurdles have they got? How did you build the Amazon business? What 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 challenges did you get creating a product? Should a patent? Should a trademark? Those things you won't get on from from just hard uh, copy on on the internet. You know you really want to get um, on a seat with someone and have a beer or a coffee and and just sit there and find out about them. That's where relationships are built. And yeah. a prime example of that was. The, the, the relationships that I built at this year's Conversion Summit. I'm currently launching two courses this year with um, two of the boys that I met from from the war room um, mm-hmm. at, at, at TNC. So, again, the reason for going there is not all about the content, although the content's great with any summit, but you're not really there for the content. You're there for the networking. Everything is yeah. done in the bar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I just came back from the Traffic and Conversion Conference that was in Sydney. Um, so yeah, that was the first one, right? That was the first one outside of San Diego for sure. And there was, uh, I don't know, 700 odd people, which is obviously not as big as the the US ones, which are thousands. 
Um, but yep. it, it's still for Australia that was a, a very decent size conference, um, and it was great because you know made some fantastic connections. You know, got some joint venture stuff going on with several of the people. Uh, quite a few of them have already been on this podcast and and speaking with them. So, and and look, that is the reason you go. Learned some awesome stuff and uh, picked up some great ideas but it was definitely the stuff that happens in the breaks and outside or you know in the evenings at uh, going to a bar or for dinner or something like that you know so and i think that's one of the reasons that people should come along to netpreneur summit exactly what you're saying it's it's all these benefits that you're going to get by turning up that you don't get by watching something on your you know youtube or on your dvds or whatever it is you're trying to educate yourself through so it's a very Absolutely. good point it's a, I mean, it's a long way away. Uh, I'm in Scotland. It doesn't get any further away. <laughs> oh, I'll but challenge you on that. How long, how long does it take you to get to Tokyo from Scotland? Four, 14 hours. I think you're 18 hours, are you not? Uh, no, actually, from Perth, it's about the, yeah. the bang on 14. So we're even. We'll, we'll call it quick. Okay, we're even, mate. Good. We're, that's we're that's even. Still, It's a bloody long way, isn't it? I mean, 14 hours still on committed. any plane. Equally yeah. committed. Um, yeah. But but that's it. That's it. those are the sort of things that you've got to do and that's the commitment you've got to make. And I think anybody that's thinking or on the fence about traveling, it, look, you've got experience. Life's all about experiences. And if you're in business, um, go and experience the world and, and learn while you're there and meet some great people because you just don't know where the next venture is coming from. There's already two things opened up for me that is Netpreneur related um, with the Netpreneur Summit and, and the yep. boys. And honestly, and, and, I'm, and I'm not even there yet. So, Unless you start to network, you're not gonna you're not gonna unlock those nuggets. And look, if you're on the fence, doesn't matter where the conversion summit is or wherever it, whatever the netpreneur summit is, just get a ticket, come out and and network and learn, and it will really really change your business. I can guarantee it. It did for me, and I know that sounds a little bit cliche, but. I've done it for years. I used to go to Stompernet back in the yeah. day. I used to oh, <laughs> Stompernet, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, the, the first one was in Atlanta that I traveled to. It, it was fairly quiet. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been going to the Traffic and Conversion Summits. There's another one, um, which is the um, Search Engine Strategies, which has changed, I think. So I've been going to summits for years uh, just to learn. And now that I'm teaching uh, the, the stuff I used to go and learn was for strategies to sell physical products. But again, the, I, most of the stuff I learned was through the networking and the people that I, I struck relationships with. So the best piece of advice I could give is get yourself a ticket and come out. Well said. And I, I think we should uh, probably finish on that note because how could we possibly say any more? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. thank you very much, uh, Michael, for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you've got a lot on. You've got a lot of consulting Pleasure, clients Ed. and stuff you're doing and you're building the profits engine, getting that sorted. So it's been great catching up and giving people who uh, have maybe sitting on the fence a, a chance to listen to one of the expert speakers that will be at Netpreneur Summit. So yeah. uh, I look forward to I appreciate to you having person. me on. <laughs> my, my pleasure, mate. It's, it's It's been great speaking to a fellow Scotsman. And you asked me a question on... <laughs> on uh, Skype earlier, whether I support the Celtics <laughs> or the Rangers. And for those who yeah. don't know, they're two Scottish football teams that have major rivalry over the years. And, you know, lots, lots of people get into fights over them, literally, you know, in the streets. 
um, very passionate people, as Scotsmen. Uh, but I don't follow football. So I think that was probably a bit of a disappointing answer that I don't follow any of them. Um, um, it was kind of similar when I went to I went to Boston one time and I was wearing a New York Yankees hat and went into ooh, the bar. I stood ooh. for the best part of 35 minutes to get served for a beer. And then when the, the gentleman behind the bar heard my accent, he rung the bell and shouted, it's okay, everyone, he's a tourist. And then I got free <laughs> drinks for, for the next two hours. So that, very similar to that, only without the violence. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> great all right buddy well we look forward to seeing you in tokyo and uh, look forward to it more stories then safe travels my friend and, and best of luck to all your listeners thank you yeah thanks very much michael cheers thank you bye bye You've been listening to The Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher.